When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are in control of your own narrative. You are your storyteller. If you don't know where you want to go, how are you going to get there? We have sold over 2 million copies with a journal that has five questions in it. It's wild. Tell me how. Create a solution again. Like, how do you, what do you give to somebody who has everything? Because you could have everything and not see how lucky you are. My former husband, Alex, and I have separated and we've been together for six years it's a lifetime it was a very difficult thing to radically accept and like be honest with yourself ultimately I don't know what's going to happen right I'm going into complete unknown and I'm not gonna say I know what's going to happen down the line but all I know is that like this feels like the right journey hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of a millennial mind Today's guest is going to inspire you in so many different ways and she talks around the power of manifestation, visualization and goal setting. Really quickly, I wanted to let you know that my goal setting workshop tickets are now live and we'll be going through everything we talk about in this podcast around rewiring your thoughts, changing your beliefs, setting clear and intentional goals and how to create your dream life. If you'd like to come, I'll leave the link in a bio, and I really hope to see you there very soon. So without further ado, I'm so excited to share this podcast with my dream guest, Mimi Ikon. Mimi. Hi, Shivani. Welcome to Millennial Mind. Thank you so much for having me. I uploaded a story today saying you're my dream guest in many ways, but you are honestly so inspiring. You have achieved everything I could want and more. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I know that everyone is going to learn so much around the power of manifesting, the law of attraction, how your mindset can change your life. But I want to start with the five-minute journal. You have sold over two million copies with a journal that has five questions in it. It's wild. Tell me how. Such a big question. (laughs) You want to know all the secrets, don't you? Absolutely. The funny story about the five-minute journal is that when we first came up with the idea, um, my business partner and I, Alex, it was literally because it was solving our own problem, which at the time, um, and I will have to rewind way back, (laughs) you know, to probably 2011, 2010, um, I was going through a very difficult time. I was uh, experiencing a lot of anxiety and depression and you know, doing a lot of soul searching to try to figure out why am I going through this emotionally? Because mm. at the time, Alex and I, we started another business, which was called Luxy Hair. And um, it was doing really well from the get-go. I could travel, I could buy anything I wanted. And then I realized I'm just like not happy. And it took a lot of soul searching to like dig deeper emotionally to figure out why this is happening. And as I was going through that journey of soul searching, I, you know, applied different methods to help myself. And one of them was meditation. I discovered meditation, which really helped me on that path. And the second one was gratitude. And 
it was first a very long practice of gratitude that Alex and I used to do, which was, you know, going for gratefulness walks in the morning. So every morning we'd go on gratitude walks. And this was inspired by Tony Robbins. Not sure if you're familiar with this work, but Tony Robbins recommends something like this hour of power. And part of that hour of power is going on gratitude walk and basically um, saying all the things that you're grateful for, from things you have already in your life to things that you don't yet have, but you want to manifest. And we did that for a period of time, but then it's not sustainable over a long (laughs) period of time. So we just thought like, how do we, how do we sort of keep this practice, but make it easy for every day and Mm. then we also did a lot of research and read a lot of like self-growth books on like improving ourselves again that came from the personal struggle of going through this emotional roller coaster in in my 20s and early 20s and you know gratitude was such an important part of like pulling myself out of the darkness yeah and one of the things that makes gratitude work i believe and that resonates with people it is so simple right it's the fact that when you focus on what is good in your life, you activate this part of your brain called RAS. It's a reticular activating system. It's like a filter in your brain that focuses on what's important in your life. And when you focus on gratitude, it starts focusing on all the good things in your life. And the more you focus on the good things in your life, the more good things you see. Mm. And Genuinely, when we saw the benefits of this practice in our lives and how our life was transforming, we were hugely inspired to create this journal. But it was like a side project. It was never meant to be a business (laughs) because we had a business that at the time, you know, started to make millions of dollars and we were, you know, hugely successful and growing. And this was definitely something just on the side. We printed, I think, a thousand copies at first. And we thought, if this goes nowhere, we're just going to give these for the rest of our lives to all of our friends and family. Yeah. And then, you know, it was really funny because part of the story was that with our first business, Lexi Hare, Tim Ferriss, um, the author of 4-Hour Workweek, he inspired us to create that business. And he was part of the dedication for in the 5-Minute Journal because, you know, he was one of the inspirations for the first business. And we dedicated the second journal to him, the second business that we've created. And then actually Tim Ferriss was in Toronto. I think literally the month will launch the five minute journal. And we remember, and we decided to gift it to him at the time he was going through a very difficult time in his life. Mm -hmm. This is right before he started his podcast, which is now hugely successful. And we gifted it to him and he loved the journal and he mentioned it on his podcast so many times, featured it in his book, Tools of Titans, mentioned it on YouTube so many times in different various videos. So he's been a huge promoter. And obviously at that point, I also had a platform on YouTube, on Instagram. So the journal grew and it was all organic, you know, for the first, I think, I don't know, seven, eight years. We didn't do any actual marketing. It's just like gifting, people gifting it to each other. And it's like creates a solution again. Like how do you, what do you give to somebody who has everything? Right? You give them the five-minute journal. Wow. (laughs) Because you could have everything and not see how lucky you are. And that kind of puts you in that perpetual cycle of like trying to get more and do more. But it's never going to be enough if you're not grateful for what you have now. And this exactly is the the power of practicing gratitude daily is that if you practice it, you actually f- 
feel it in your body, in every cell um, of your consciousness. You feel that experience of gratitude rather just mm. understanding it as, a, as this, you know, concept. You actually feel it in your heart. And it's hard to describe it in words yeah. because you really do have to feel it. And you can only feel it when you practice it. So the two go hand in hand. It's not like some philosophy that you need to understand. If you don't practice it, you don't feel it as well. Because yeah. I've got out of the habit of practicing it many times and I see a huge difference. There's so much to unpack there. The Definitely. first thing I want to talk around is The Hour of Power by Tony Robbins. So the reason I always say you're my dream guest is I have my own journal called The Performance Planner. Mm -hmm. And the reason I created that is because I was tired of having a planner and then a gratitude journal mm -hmm. and then a reflection journal and then a journal to put my affirmations in. So I created one. And on the left-hand side mm -hmm. of the page is all around your performance. And on the right-hand side of the page, I have that power hour three things you're grateful for and three affirmations. Because what Tony Robbins says is say the things you're grateful for exactly. and then talk about yourself in the present tense Absolutely. and say your affirmations, mm -hmm. right? And every day when I do that, I wake up and I feel immediately happy, right? And I think that so many people ask me, where do I start? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I say I'm grateful for? What would you say to someone who says, it's a bit silly to say, oh, well, I'm grateful for my cup of coffee in the morning. It just seems a bit mundane. Mm -hmm. I think... In general, people who practice gratitude daily, if you obviously write the same things every day, mm. it's going to become mundane and automatic and there's no point then. The goal is every day when you do it, first of all, I recommend doing it first thing in the morning because yeah. you're the closest to your subconscious and that's how you can rewire your subconscious mind and all those beliefs and condition conditionings. And the second thing is that do challenge yourself you know, if you're writing three things you're grateful for, at least one of them to be something new that you haven't become aware of yet. And mm. it, it will take a moment or two, but it's about it's about genuinely connecting with your environment or your intuition or your current life experience to see again the good that exists. And yes, sometimes it won't be easy, especially if you're not used to it. Yeah. But if you genuinely look at your day and you're like, what what? makes me happy maybe it's your friend maybe it's your dog maybe it's the fact that somebody said something nice to you yesterday right like you have to retrain yourself because a lot of us are conditioned to focus on all the negative things yeah and I'm not going to sugarcoat it it is not easy to break that cycle mm. I was raised in a culture where people judge people constantly watch the news and they focus on all the bad things and in fact, they don't talk about the good things because they think you're going to get like jinxed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, even if things are good, you're not supposed to say it because yeah. like, God forbid, you know, um, the, the, evil the evil eye. eye or, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't believe in all of that. In reality, I think that that belief creates more of that suffering and that negative dark world. Um, I think we as humanity are ready for collectively creating a beautiful vision of peace. And how do we do that? By first doing that individually, by seeing the good that we have. And yes, maybe it is mundane, but you know what? Some people don't have a roof over their head tonight. It's true. And I woke up and I have a roof and I have a cozy bed and, you know, the heating is on. And the hot water is on which is amazing because you know recently the boiler wasn't working and I was like I just want to take a hot shower <laughs> so 
it's about becoming increasingly aware. At first, it will be difficult, but I guarantee you, once you start doing it, just like with any other exercise, whether physical exercise, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Because again, you're training your brain, that RAS system, that filter in your brain to start focusing on what's important. You tell it what's important by practicing it. And the more you focus on it, the more your brain will start to like see the things that are making you feel good. I think the biggest mistake we make to improve our lives is to focus on what we could do better. And mm. I, I explain what I mean by that. Mm-hmm, if I'm do. always thinking about what I can do better, what the gap is, mm-hmm. where the loss is, I'm in this scarcity mind. Mm-hmm. When I take a minute to see all the things that I'm doing really well, mm-hmm. that is where I'm gonna naturally innately think, how can I be better? And what I mean by that is it's not a bad thing about thinking about what can I do better, Mm -hmm. but it's about how can I hone in on my strengths? How can I appreciate what Mm -hmm. I already have? How can I tune into the fact that I already have so much and that's what your point Mm -hmm. is, right? Whatever you think about, you'll become. And this whole scarcity mindset at the moment, people are finding so difficult Mm -hmm. to understand. And you talk a lot about that. So talk to me, what is a scarcity mindset and how do we come out of that? I love that you brought it up. So let's see, what is the opposite of scarcity as well, right? Like, we're going to talk about scarcity, but the opposite of that is abundance, abundance. right? So scarcity mindset is basically, it's, and I'm going to connect it to also the mindset of like fixed mindset versus mm. growth mindset. And there's a great book on this called The Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend for anybody who's listening. Have you listened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, read or listen because I usually mm-hmm. listen on Audible. Um, so fixed mindset is basically how many of us were raised, where the people believe that if you are born a certain way, you are destined to stay that way. If you are, are born, born in a certain social category or physical body, there's nothing you can do. Or maybe intellectually, you're a certain type of person and you've been put into this category and judged a certain way. When in reality, the growth mindset believes that so the opposite of that is believing that no matter where you are today that does not equal who you will be in a week two weeks in in the foreseeable future so you are in control you're not a victim so fixed mindset i'm a victim on my circumstances there's absolutely nothing i can do so i'm just going to be stuck here for the rest of my life that's the dialogue you're having with yourself Mm. the growth mindset aka also the abundance rather than the scarcity is believing that no matter where I am today, I have the power. So you take responsibility for your current state. So let's say you are overweight and you know Mm. that, right? But you take responsibility and you realize that perhaps you got here by certain habits. So what do I need to do to change and get out of that? Like get myself in shape to feel better, to look better. Um, And then you take those steps And as you take those steps, you become more in charge and you change, your body changes, your mindset changes. And, you know, in any transformational work, um, I had a friend who was doing this with like celebrities. He was helping them transform their bodies. He said, the mindset is everything. You cannot get someone to lose the weight and keep the weight off, for example, if their mindset is that they are intrinsically this person and there's nothing they can do they will change maybe while they're paying somebody to do it but Mm. as soon as they stop paying that person they will go back into those habits and same with let's say alcohol abuse drug addiction all these things because again they believe a certain belief that is making them um 
exercise these habits that are not helpful and so create true. this suffering in their life. Now, how do we get out of that? You know, how do we get out of the scarcity mindset? First of all, you have to become aware that you are there to begin with. See, if you are a victim, but you want to be a victim, and some people do because it's mm-hmm. easier. Actually, let me rephrase that. I don't think it's easier. I, ta- I think it takes the same amount of work to be a victim or to be um, a victor, right? Like somebody really? who is in charge. I think it is. Because at the end of the day, you are suffering way more when you're a victim. You know, you're going through the emotions. You're Because part of you will want to get out. That's why we're all here, I believe, on this journey called life. And there's no right or wrong way to live life. But I think we're all here to grow and evolve. Yeah. Evolution is such a big part of humanity and like the earth. If we look at like how even the earth evolved and all the animals, we are constantly perpetuate, perpetuated to evolve. And that's I believe that's why we're here. So part of you will want to evolve, will push you to evolve. But if you ignore that... And you complain because it takes energy to complain. It takes energy to play the role of victim. So, okay, once you become aware that, okay, I'm a, I'm a victim of my situation. I constantly complain. I blame others. I say there's nothing I can do. I'm exerting energy. How about using that energy to create a different story, a powerful story that can help you on your journey to get to where you want to be? I mean, let it be an experiment. If all fails, you're still going to be the victim. But what if you don't? And I think that little gap in between is that ability to dream. Yes. And I think many of us, when we're little, we are discouraged to dream. We're told that our dreams are stupid. They won't come true. Um, Play it small. Be like everybody else. And only the small percentage of people who are crazy enough to be, quote unquote, delusional dreamers are the ones who make it big. I actually had a conversation with a friend last night about it. And I was talking about another friend who is a very successful entrepreneur. And, you know, she was just telling me some ideas that sounded a bit crazy. But then I was telling my friend that, but you know what? She is where she is because she is this crazy dreamer similar to myself. I bet people look at me and call me crazy yeah. in many different ways because I'm like, you know, I believe like in rainbows and magic. Of course I do. And I don't, <laughs> you know, there's part of me that doesn't, but there's, you know, challenges that. But I always choose to believe in the good. I always choose to believe that anything is possible and I'm the co-creator of my reality. So it's like using that free will to and a conscious choice to be like, no, I will believe in the good. I will believe that it's possible and see where it takes me. Mm. The worst case scenario, it won't work out. But at least I will know that I have tried. So that is the part that many people don't realize they can exercise. We have free will. We don't have to be the victims. Does that answer so your question? Powerful. So powerful. And I think, you know, when you're dreaming... It's your choice to think about what you want to dream about. No one can stop Mm -hmm. you. No one can be in your brain. And the biggest thing, the biggest exercise that really helped me was understanding our past is only the stories that we use to tell ourselves, right? And our future is the stories that we currently tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling, write down all the things you used to tell yourself. I'm not good enough. No one will ever work with me. I'm never going to grow. Switch that into the future present tense. I'm going to be really successful. 
I know that I can have an impact on people. My product is going to sell out. All of those things, repeat, repeat, mm -hmm. repeat, repeat. You'll change your subconscious. And these You'll are great examples mind. of affirmations. I mean, exactly. people always make fun of affirmations. Of oh, course, not yeah. everybody. But it's like anything you tell yourself, whether inside of your head, quietly, or, you know, speaking it out in a room to other people, or when you're alone in front of the mirror, um, it's essentially an affirmation. You are reaffirming your own story. Of course. And if you are, again, going to put out the energy and reaffirm a negative story, you can put out the same energy and try to reaffirm a positive story over and over That's again funny. until you actually will realize, because I've used this method for many years, and like I am living, living my dream life. I have been living my dream life for so many years, ever since I started putting all these tools into practice. I mean, the reason we have created intelligent change, and as you you know started this interview with the the power of gratitude and the, yeah. the, the the this incredible effect that the five minute journal I would say now has had on the global yeah. culture, even is that you know all these tools have helped me on my journey. It has helped Alex on his journey. And when you realize that you can make a difference, like in your life, you can make a ch change, and you can create this incredible life. You want to share that with others. Of course you do. Why not? Like, of what's, you do. again, what's the worst that can happen? You could fail. Well, I'm willing to take the risk. <laughs> the love you have for yourself is the love that you'll give to other people. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And I think when you're talking around manifesting and affirmations, people often say, oh, it's just woo-woo. You know, if I look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, mm -hmm. I'm happy. I'm not going to be happy. And they're right. You're mm -hmm. not going to be. Mm -hmm. But from my own experience, when I started this journey... At the beginning, I had so much self-doubt. But every single day, I say, I know, and it is inevitable that I am so successful. I love that affirmation. Every day, I will say that. Mm -hmm. And every other day, I want to give up, by the way. So, some days, I'm like, I love this. The next day, I'm like, I hate this. I want to give course. up. But the back of my head, what I realize now is I'm so close. And it's inevitable for me mm -hmm. that I'm going to be successful. So... I've seen that rewiring with myself. And so I can't give up because mm. I'm like, it's inevitable. It's going to mm. happen. And it's these small changes that we make in our lives. And with everything, we want everything instantaneously. You know, I'm a millennial. Mm -hmm. And this podcast is for millennials mm -hmm. and Gen Zs. And we're used to having everything instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And affirmations rewiring your brain. Unfortunately, if you're starting in your 30s or you're starting in your 20s, mm -hmm. how can you expect it to happen overnight? They want. It's patience. Mm -hmm. It's the work that you've got to do within every day to truly believe it, right? But I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. do you think you can manifest anything? Because you said you've manifested your dream life. Mm -hmm. How have you manifested your dream life? Do you think luck comes into it? Do you think it was structured? What do people need to do so that they can say that same statement? It's a great question. And one quote that I really like to say when I'm asked about manifestation is that everything is, anything is possible, but not everything is possible. And what is the distinction between the two? Anything is like you have to really be specific. You can't have everything in the world. It's just there's too many things, too many <laughs> options, right? You have to be clear on your vision of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. That is the key. If you don't know where you want to go, how are you going to get there, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people do struggle with creating the vision because we were never told that we are the co-creators of our reality. We were told that we're cogs in the machine and we're just here to work and, 
and and do things that we're told. You know, that's the you know the industrial revolution created this kind of mindset, and we are 100% evolving beyond that. Yeah. But there's still so much of that residue that exists in our society right now. I feel like, of course, the Gen Z um, generation and the ones after will experience a very different reality that we as millennials and the, yeah. the generations before us have experienced. So, you know, realizing that I think is so important on our journey because manifesting is such a big word and many people obviously will have a very negative connotation to it and a judgment to it because it almost seems like, you know, you just dream this thing and then it happens. It doesn't <laughs> just happen. But again... That clarity of vision allows your brain, because our brain is a powerful tool, is the most powerful computer ever, because it's the one that created computers, right, in the first place. So you're giving that vision, that clarity to that powerful computer to then be able to take the necessary steps and notice opportunities, people, things that can help you on that journey. So I always encourage everybody to Take the time to sit down one weekend or over two weekends or maybe over a month or every weekend and journal about the future, the vision that you want to create of yourself. And if you struggle, that's okay. Just put down things that you think you would want to try or experience. You can always rewrite the story. It's not that if you put it down, that's it, it's set in stone. And now let's say you said you want to get married and have three kids. And then maybe, you know, two years pass by and you're like, actually, I I don't even want to get married and I don't know if I want to have kids, right? Like we're allowed to change our mind because, again, we're not fixed creatures. Yeah. We're allowed to evolve. We don't have to be the same person in one, two years or even tomorrow, right? So the vision is important, but it's a vision that you get to rewrite as you go through your life journey. And that is how I manifested where I am today. And also constantly, like, Again, realigning and reconnecting with your intuition to see if where you're going feels authentic to you. Mm -hmm. For example, I've always known that I want to have my own business. Like, I've just known that. I don't, didn't know anybody in my life who had their own <laughs> business. So I had nobody that I could learn from. I didn't have a mentor, but like I've known that this is what I want to do. I don't know how I knew that. But now as I've lived through life, I realize that, you know, there are certain values we have as humans that if we sit down and define our values, it can help us again make certain choices, career choices, relationship choices. And also it can also help us, you know, create that vision that we're working on. So also one thing that I will recommend for anyone who is listening right now is sit down and write down your top life values. Because, again, that can help you identify, like, that bigger picture of where you're going. Yeah. And for me, freedom is my top value, like, number one, freedom. And, of course, um, having your own business allows you to have freedom to, A, do what you want, when you want to do it, how, how, however you want to do it. I'm just not unemployable. Actually, I could probably work somewhere. Like, I'm, like I love people, so I could work in service. Literally, one of my... <laughs> favorite jobs was just like serving people in restaurants. So I could do that if I had to, like I could do that any day. But of course, in the end, I probably end up like creating my own restaurant or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like, I would still get to the point where I'd be like, no, I need to have that freedom because, you know, so like you have to get to know yourself first before you can write that vision. So like do the necessary work to dig deeper, to create that vision. And once you do like 
then take the steps. And I know it sounds very simple, and it's not. Of course it's not. Then you have to practice gratitude. You have to, mm. you know, take the action. And, you know, we have another tool called the Productivity Planner, for example, mm. that then helps you like, okay, now I've identified Special, yeah. my bigger goals day to day. How am I going to get there? Because once you know where you want to go, let's say you want to start a podcast, right? Yeah. Simple as that. You feel like you you um, look at life through a different lens and you want to do it your way. Of course, there's now so many different podcasts, but it's never too late to, to create your own. How do you start, right? Like you have to look for a studio or maybe you're going to create a studio at your own house. Like you mm. need the equipment. Like who are you going to interview? What's going to be the angle? You have to create that maybe little business plan for yourself. Like how are you going to monetize? Um, so you got to take the steps and then you do it and maybe you find out you don't even like it, right? So, Absolutely. But you have to take the necessary steps and the only way you'll find out is if you try. If you don't try, you'll never find out. And I think most people are stuck in that, again, that going back to what we talked about earlier is that that victimhood and they don't even try. Mm. They don't even dream. And that's why, like, it's not crowded at the top. People think it is, but the reality is it's crowded at the bottom, but at the top, it's not crowded. There's lots of space because most people are scared to even dream to get there. How interesting. And my, my favorite quote is by Marianne Williamson is, um, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that scares us the most. And every time I hear that quote, I'm like, oh. even I know, like, I can do so much more. There's, I'm still hiding. Like I'm, I'm in a transition now where I'm like, okay, time to step into your power. But it's like from the outside, people can say, well, she has accomplished so much, but I feel like I've only scratched the surface. When you're in the midst of trying, taking that first step, trying to climb the ladder, there are times you fall. And there are times where you think, I've had enough. I want to give up. And I often have days like that. And my question is, mm -hmm. how do we get through those times? Because there must have been many times when you were starting your first brand and then intelligent change, or it's going really well, and then there's a dip. How do we overcome those periods? Again, such a great question. <laughs> you ask a lot of great questions. Every single person in any given situation will come to a place where they hit a dip. I think it's important to... I like to romanticize life, but even yeah, I, <laughs> as a romantic, will say, you know, the dips are an important part of our human evolution. And the dips are actually the stuff that builds our character and makes us strong. So when they happen, recognize them and appreciate that these, these challenges can actually give you that extra knowledge that can make you even more... Um, useful in whatever area that you are because once you go through something difficult a you have more empathy for people um, because until you go through something you can just say like oh this is so easy come on just get on with your life but in reality when you hit the dip mm. whether emotional physical whatever um, you're like oh now I get it mm. <laughs> that's what they were talking about right so it creates that deeper human connection and I think, again, at the end of the day, how you can get out of it quicker, A, recognize it, but B, it's the story that you tell. If you hit the dip and you realize, okay, I'm just going through a difficult period, a challenge, you know, mm. 
But a challenge doesn't have to be the end of it all. It's just the challenge that's going to get me to better things. It's the story. You are in control of your own narrative. You are your storyteller. There's yeah. nobody else. Like, I always think of my life like it's a movie. Yeah, me too. Right? Like, I'm in a freaking movie all the time. And I'm like, oh, my God. But then I, I, I as I realize I'm saying that, I say I, I live in the most beautiful movie where life keeps getting better and better. Again, you get to tell the story. Yeah. And it does. Because I say all these things even when I hit the dip. And I'm going through a period like that. A period of transition right now in my life where I'm facing the unknown. And there's all this transition and I don't know where I'll be in a year. Mm. But I'm realizing it's also the exciting times because this is when you feel the most alive. When we everything is perfect and great, like we're comfortable and safe, we're not learning much. Nope. It's in the dip. It's in those problems and challenges that you are forced to look for help, ask for help, read books, take workshops, like reframe your mind mm. or... Look for answers. And as you are triggered through the dip, through the challenges, through the problems you're facing, your inner self-growth happens as part of that. Or you can choose to be a victim <laughs> and just stay in the dip for life, right? Yeah. Many people do. And again, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to live life because we're all maybe, I believe we choose our destiny before we come here. Really? Again, I think I think so. I think the soul's journey maybe is partly predestined, but there is the free will. Yeah. Right? Like I think it's 50-50 actually. Mm. But um yeah, so does that answer your question? I think I yeah, absolutely. I agree with you in terms of the destiny and the free will. Yesterday I was really feeling really low about something mm. and I just took a second and I thought I am absolutely doing the things that I dreamt of, not at the scale I want to. But if I got it immediately, mm -hmm. would I appreciate it? Mm. No. Absolutely nobody appreciates things that they get easily. Mm. They do not. Such That's why point. so many of our relationships fail. Because we don't appreciate the things mm -hmm. that are right in front of us. Mm. We need to see someone else to appreciate. And ultimately what I always say is, would I interview anyone that was telling me I was born with a silver spoon, Everything came to me. I was given this. I was given this. I don't care. It doesn't make for an interesting story. What can story. you teach me? <laughs> right? What can I learn from you? And so every difficult moment I go through, mm. I always remind myself that I'm going to tell the story and I'm going to help someone get through that day. And that gives me so much purpose. And my mom always tells me as well is that you can't give up because it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's not about your journey. It's about how you are going to show someone else that they can. So beautiful. Because and we're all connected. We are all, all going through it together. Did you watch the series called Manifest on no, Netflix? I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it yet. The, yeah. the, the line is we're all connected. And oh. I really do believe that we are. And, you know, when we're talking around all these different things, there's going to be somebody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know me, who's going to say, I felt the exact same way. And that just proves, mm -hmm. right? Some or I've thought the same thoughts. Like exactly. you saying that I literally have the same thoughts when I'm going through a difficult time. I'm like, this is happening to me because I know I will have to share the story and help millions of people, right? And like that's it. Exactly. You talked a lot around going through a period of transformation in your life. Mm -hmm. It's happening now. <laughs> Talk to me about I that. I call it the metamorphosis. Uh, the, the little caterpillar is becoming a butterfly. Um, yeah, I mean, this year has been definitely one of the most transformative years of my life, as you have probably seen on social yeah. media, and we talked about it um, 
briefly on a phone call. Um, my former husband, Alex, and I have separated and we've been together for 16 years. It's a wow. lifetime, literally. Yeah. I was 21 when we started dating. Wow. And we also not were, we weren't only romantic partners, we worked together from mm. the moment we met, we actually met at work at a bank. And then we started businesses together. We have a child together uh, who's seven and we've done everything together. He was like, mm. he's still my best friend. And like, he's literally, I would say now that we're no longer together, like I realized he was able to like replace a whole community for me. I'm like, gosh, yes. he's such a giving person. So yeah, I had the pleasure of being in a relationship with him for 16 years. But recently I realized as I was going through this, as I'm still going through this metamorphosis, that I'm very safe and comfortable and that doesn't feel authentic to me. Okay. And it was a very difficult thing to radically accept and like be honest with yourself what do you mean by being safe and uncomfortable wasn't what fitted like with you? my life at the moment i mean now it's fine i mean it feels authentic yeah with all the decisions i have made but like i realized that i'm at a place where i'm no longer connected to the person i am and the role i'm playing and it just doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel it it doesn't feel right and then, you know, that obviously compelled me to have many conversations with Alex about it. And um, one great thing about our relationship is that we communicate really well, both of us. Yeah. And it's always been something that I feel like held us together is that we're our best friends. And yeah. he really supported me through this journey of like, okay, so how do we deal with that? Like, what do we do? What do we mm. try? And we've tried many different things in the last, you know, it, it, it's been more than eight months now. And... Um, Ultimately, you know, it's just about being honest with yourself. And as I went through this journey of like a lot of inner work and asking myself, like, what's the next step? What feels right? Like we came to the conclusion that it, the best decision right now is to give each other freedom and space. Yeah. I and think, yeah. yeah, it's not an easy decision to make. I think many people can get stuck in this process. First of all, they can lie to themselves. I think most of us lie to ourselves. And they, they it takes a crazy amount of courage to make the decision I have made, especially when you're in a relationship that from the outside and even from the inside is great. Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong. We're great friends. Like, again, we, we still love each other. We, we have deep conversations. We're there for each other. We're going to continue working together. Nothing happened in a, in a sense that where we, like, hurt each other or somebody yeah. cheated or nothing like that happened. That's why we are still good. Yeah. And I think many people, they lie to themselves. They don't see that ultimately either they have outgrown the relationship or there's something missing. What is missing? Sometimes you might not know in the moment. You need time to explore and discover that. But if you're not honest with yourself, and these cracks happen, I think over time what happens, you start resenting your partner. 100%. You might end up cheating, right? And yeah. then and then that's when hurt happens. And yes. that is hard to reverse and fix and forgive. And I didn't want to get to that point. I wanted to be honest from the get-go, like this is how I feel. And I just feel like I need the freedom and independence to explore who is Mimi on her own because mm -hmm. Mimi has been this this. Like in, in a partnership, in a relationship, especially like mine with Alex, where like we did everything together, you like become one thing. Of course you do. And like, I just want to know who am I 
when I'm just Mimi, you know? And yeah, very, very difficult decision. Can but imagine. It, the way I know it's the right one is because it feels right. As I sat with myself for hours and hours, I was thinking like staying in it. Like if I stay, how does it feel? It doesn't feel right. Coming out of it, how does it feel? It feels very scary, but it feels right, you know? Yeah. And then again, sitting with it, you know, I, I gave myself so much time like to go and like, does, do I still feel this way after a month? Do I still feel? And it was consistent feeling of like, this feels right. This doesn't feel right. And ultimately, I don't know what's going to happen, right? I'm going into complete unknown. And I'm not going to say I know what's going to happen down the line. But all I know is that like this feels like the right journey. And I think, again, oftentimes we try to like, have this vision and I talked about vision yeah I know the vision I'm going towards I know what I want to create but like I don't know exactly how this path will be mm. and that is the exciting part that actually is making me feel more alive than I have in so many years I love that. like I know I'm gonna get what I want to get I don't know with who <laughs> <laughs> but like I know I, and I don't know how I'm gonna get there but I know I will get there I and think- having that like faith I think and trust is so important I think when you said your intuition and you know yourself, Mm. it's the biggest thing in the world. Because the hardest thing about leaving a relationship Mm. is everyone else telling you, you've Mm. got it all. What's the problem? Yeah. And I also, it's so funny today, I saw this guy and he he wrote a quote and he, no, he was talking and he said, feminists have made the biggest mistake by making men their enemy. Because they're going to grow up at Mm -hmm. 50 years old and they're going to be sitting with their dog or their cat, which is who they love the most in the world. And they're going to be saying, I was wrong. And your mistake has cost you 50 years of your life. And I replied on that post and mm. I said, you're a man. And you're sitting with your daughter whose mm. education you've paid for, whose um, university fees you paid for. But then you told her to get married to the first person she knew and set no boundaries. To not have a career. To be subservient. And her husband is disrespecting her every Mm. single day. But you've told her never to speak up. And you've told her never to have a voice. And you've told her (laughs) to never be in a position where she can change her life. Mm -hmm. And the biggest mistake people make, feminism doesn't mean that a woman hates a man. Absolutely It means a woman wants to work with a man to share her views and to be aligned. No one has to be better than the other. We just want to have a voice. We want to have the power to control our own decisions. But men are so triggered by that. Not all men. I Some. think a certain type of men. Well, the men in my comments are, Jesus. Yeah. Honestly, and all the men in those comments. I, I was thinking, why? Entrepreneurship quote uploaded this quote of this man saying that. I was so angry. I just listed it in the comments mm. today. I've already got loads of people liking it. So mm. I'm like, very good. At least some people agree with me, right? But, you know, there is a fear that, once you get older, it is hard to change. And I think what you've just said about mm. you and Alex, about we're still best friends, but we're separating. People will find that hard to adjust, to understand, right? 100%. And, you know, there's a term called, like, conscious uncoupling. I don't even like that word because, like, we're still a team because we work together. We're co-parenting together. We call it conscious expansion because uh-huh. we're just expanding in different ways. And... I think it's going to be a beautiful journey for both of us. We're going to learn so much because as we went through these many conversations over the months of the last eight months, we realized that because we have been so comfortable, like in our own little love bubble for all these years, both Alex and I have played small. 
for different reasons. I played small maybe because I had this conditioning that as a woman, if like the man does this for you, you should just like relax and not do anything yeah. in this area of life. So like now I'm, I have to step up and do so many more things than yeah. I did when I was in a relationship, which is hard. But also it's empowering because I'm like, oh, I could, I can do this. I can do yeah. it. You know, he, he's booked all the flights. He's like the most amazing man, right? Like he's done all these things for me. And I'm like, but like I like to actually sometimes book my own flights and choose where I want to stay, like make all these choices and decisions that I allowed him to take, which has been great experience as well. Like yeah. it's wonderful, but it's also nice to discover like what would I choose if it's just my decision and I don't need to share that decision. It's a, just a different experience. It so is. And, and I think, again, it's like there is no right or wrong like there's life is not black and white. I believe in love. Having gone through this experience, like people now look at my Instagram and like they saw this post and they're like, oh, well, if you guys didn't last, then I don't believe in love anymore. Yeah. I'm like, how silly is that? <laughs> I have gone through this experience. And if anything, I believe in love even more because actually before I met Alex, I was quite an avoidant person. And what I mean by that is that I don't know if you know much about um, attachment styles and how how we evolve emotionally based on our upbringing. I'm not going to okay. go into the whole topic because it's, it's a whole different <laughs> Pandora box. But basically, you could be securely attached. You could be anxious. Um, you could be dismissive avoidant or fearful avoidant. And all of that plays out then in how you are in all of your relationships, friendships, okay. with your family, but especially in your romantic relationship. Because ultimately, what happens is if you don't properly detach from your parents as a child... And if you don't heal your like core wounds that you've had as a kid, which we all have had some, um, then that plays out in your romantic relationship. And oftentimes that one of the partners can almost become like a figure of a parent mm. because our inner child craves that safety or love yes. or all these things, right? Gosh, I've learned so much again in the last eight months. I didn't know all of this, right? Really? I didn't know this. This experience has compelled me to learn because now I'm on a journey of becoming more securely attached because I realized when I met Alex, I was very like avoidant. So like mm. my heart had like walls and walls and walls around it. And, you know, he tried to get through so many times. I rejected him four times wow. because I was like, this is too good. This is like feels too safe. You know, all these again conditions that I, I, or like experiences I didn't have that didn't make me feel comfortable. Because if you're not loved in a certain way by your parents, you will not recognize that love as a healthy love because you're used to something different. So true. And um, yeah, it takes a secure person to, to make you feel safe. Yes. So now my goal, it's almost like I've upped my standard of who I want to be as a partner in my mm -hmm. next relationship. And I'm working on like being that completely unconditional, secure partner that I can be. And I, I think ultimately, this is the work we should be doing anyways, whether we're in a relationship or not. But I think obviously when you are going through a transition and you're leaving a relationship, you there's that opportunity to do more of that self-reflection -reflec and inner work. And again, like I said, just because a relationship evolves into something else doesn't mean that the love is not there. It's just our love has evolved into something that is more like beautiful, unconditional love. But yeah. it's, is, is it a romantic type of like, I'm in love with you? It yeah. is not. And I have to be honest with it. And for me, it is important because to love, have that yeah. yes. in love, right? I need to be in love.
And again, it is so hard to admit that when you really love your partner, when he's a good person, when he's an incredible everything, mm. like literally everything, like I'll take all the responsibility, right? I, I have no problem with taking responsibility. But I think ultimately it's, it's the journey. And if you betray your feelings, if you betray your truth, I think that's, that, to me, that would be the worst thing I could do to myself because I don't want to be 70-year-old, Mimi, looking back at my life and thinking, what if I have done things differently? So true. Right? Like, maybe I'm making a mistake, but hey, it is my life journey. It is my mistake to make, and these will be my lessons to learn because I don't believe in a perfect life. I don't believe in a safe and comfortable life. I believe I'm here to grow, learn, and expand. So conscious expansion it is. <laughs> if you've experienced love, if you've seen love, you will always regret if you don't follow your heart to find it. Mm -hmm. Always, 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 always. There's two narratives around safety mm. and comfort. And we are either told that safety and comfort are a good thing or we're told that safety and comfort are boring. They will mean different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same as you. There are a lot of people I know that are fine to say that their partner is just their partner. Mm -hmm. I romanticize everything. Mm. I want to eat Chinese food from a box. I want to eat pizza from the pizza box, you mm. know, on a balcony. Yeah, and that's yeah, one of my yeah, dreams, yeah. you know. <laughs> and for me, I know that if I'm not with someone who I'm obsessed with every mm -hmm. single day, mm -hmm. That will be the only thing that I will miss out on mm -hmm. because I've experienced people mm -hmm. who am I obsessed with every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. And I have one life. That's this it. is my only chance. Mm -hmm. There is n I'm never going to remember them in my next life. So who's the injustice going to come to? The 3,000 people that are going to be telling me that I shouldn't have left the relationship, that I'm stupid, mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. didn't play it safe, that I don't appreciate what I have. Or is it going to be my thoughts and my feelings that I die with? Mm. No one is going to be there on my deathbed. Exactly. No one's going to remember me. Even if now I cheat on five people, let's just say. Mm -hmm. Not to say that this is an excuse, by the way. Yeah. But no one's going to remember you. Mm -hmm. No one's also going to remember you for anything that you do because mm. we all move on with our lives. Yeah. So many people I meet now are saying, yeah. I want to create a legacy. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Even Gary Vee is What like, does that even mean? No one yeah. is going to remember yeah, yeah, yeah. me. I no one is going to remember me. So make your decision. Mm -hmm. And no one cares. Mm -hmm. People will bitch about you for five minutes. Even if they bitch about you for five minutes every single day, there's 24 hours in a day, let them do it. Mm -hmm. Do what you want to do. But you be happy in it. And I think that it's easy to compare, right? Did you go through that comparison feeling not just in your relationship mm. but with the business and you know you're obviously a mom and mm -hmm. I think as mothers we compare ourselves a lot I say we not mm -hmm. me I'm not mm -hmm. a mom but people <laughs> like, do um I think we all compare ourselves I obviously I'm aware when I do that and I remember when I years ago when I did Vipassana mm. um, the Vipassana meditation retreat um which is like a silent meditation retreat where you go for 10 days as I sat through like a lot of stuff that I had to process emotionally. I remember there was a lot of judgments that came through. Like judgments I had towards other people who were different. And again, like you can compare yourself to somebody who's more successful and think like, oh, their life is perfect. But as I was sitting through meditation, like I felt like this empathy and realization, like this feeling inner knowing 
that like that person might look like they're perfect, but like nobody's life is perfect. Everybody is going through something. And I think when you feel that in your heart, you don't compare yourself as much anymore because the moment you catch yourself comparing, you know that it's not fair. You don't know the full story of them or you, right? Like this maybe perfect mom on Instagram yeah. is posting the highlights of her life. But I know she has moments where her kids are throwing tantrums and she's, you know, has her hair in a bun, looking completely imperfect, <laughs> didn't shower, right? Like, you know, like it's that inner wisdom that happens as you live through life or you sit through your emotional shit, right? Like you have to sit through things to like really connect to that inner wisdom rather than just believe what you see. And I think most people, they don't make the time to sit with themselves. All the wisdom, all the knowing is here. You don't need to read books. I mean, it's nice to, I like reading books, right? <laughs> you don't need to even consume podcasts, watch mm. YouTube videos. These are all great things that are available. We all benefit from them. But ultimately, if you turn everything off and you just sit with yourself, and you connect to your heart and your intuition, all the answers are there. And we all know that's true. Anybody who's listening right now, deep inside knows this is true. But how often do we make the time to sit with ourselves and connect to that inner wisdom? Mm -hmm. Sit down and ask it a question. What should I do in this given situation I'm faced with? And sit with it, right? You're going to have a thought. It could be like quit this job. Let's say you're not enjoying what you're doing. What should I do? Should I quit my job? Should I stay? I don't know what to do. So then you'll have a thought, quit your job. And as you have this thought, you have to realize, does this thought come out of fear or out of love? Right? Because if it comes from fear, you don't want to follow something that comes out of fear. So if the thought is actually stay in your job because A, you're going to be judged, your parents will be upset, da, 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 da. Okay, well, I'm not going to listen to that fear thought. But if your thought is leave the job because you deserve better or relationship or whatever it is, right? Whatever your current situation is. Because you can do better because there's a bigger vision for you. Da, da. Then follow that love. Follow that love thought. Don't follow the fear thoughts. But again, we have to make the time to create the space to sit with ourselves and our inner wisdom. And as I'm saying it, it's not like I make all the time in the world to yeah. do that myself. <laughs> I'm now restarting my habit of meditation. To be honest, I go in and out of it. But now as I go through this transition period, I realize how important it is for me to sit more with myself because I have lots of wonderful girlfriends and everybody's got an opinion. Of course. And sometimes, you know, your your mind starts getting clouded because you have all these different people telling you different things. Some are great. Some are just their life experience. Not to say they're wrong, but something that's right for one person might not be right for another person because we're all on different journeys, learning different things. Yeah. And that's why all you need to, to do in any given situation, when you're confused, when you don't know how to act next, is like make that time to connect with your own inner wisdom. And it's funny because you always think you don't have an answer for yourself, but you always have an answer for other people. Mm, I love that. I don't know what yeah. I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Your friend comes to you and asks you the same question. I can help you. Yeah. And one of the exercises I always tell people is pretend you're in therapy. Mm-hmm. And sitting with yourself, go for a walk, put on instrumental that. music, pretend you're in therapy. I'm struggling now. Why? Because of X, Y, and Z. Why? Because of this. How did mm -hmm. it make you feel? Mm -hmm. And you know what? 
you're going to be 100% honest mm -hmm. because there's no one that's listening. I and it's that. you and your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you have the power mm -hmm. to understand what you want. Mm -hmm. When you ask somebody else, it's very easy to be influenced. Mm -hmm. If I ask you today, Mimi, mm -hmm. I'm struggling with this, what should I do? Mm -hmm. You're going to put your year's life experience to advise me on something. And it's natural. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to see things objectively. Mm -hmm. And my interpretation of what you say is going to be based on my life experience. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just ask yourself? Why are we so scared to do that? Such a powerful exercise. Yeah. And I think that... And then be radically honest, right? This. You have to be honest. But why would you lie? No one else is listening. So the, the, I think the, if the, you're not used to being honest with yourself, say, sometimes yeah. like the thoughts of your parents oh, or... Yeah aunties or whatever right? like of course. all these conditionings will come first and then you have to like unpeel that layer so one thing I discovered before I had my daughter Alexa is that zero to seven is this really most important time in a child's development where the subconscious mind is formed so everything the caregivers parents nanny whoever is taking care of the child and spending time with the child is saying all the fears they're projecting all the beliefs they talk about all of that becomes your inner self dialogue and that that subconscious mind will be responsible for making more than 95% of all the decisions we will make for the rest of our lives. No way. Yes way. So for that reason, I was like, I am not outsourcing this part of my <laughs> child's development. And, what? you know, it was hard to be an entrepreneur and to be a full time mom. But now that she is seven, I can see how, like, she's just so grounded. She knows what she wants. She knows who she is. She stands up for herself. And again, parenting is an experiment, but, like, this is scientifically pro proven. Um, there's a great book called Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Okay. For anyone who wants to learn more, it's like a small little book that you can read that talks about it. How even from the moment you conceive the baby and the baby's in the womb, it can hear you. It can feel you. If you're really anxious in your pregnancy, that affects the baby. So, like, do your best to be more relaxed and, wow. you know, practice all these things that can make you feel good so that the baby can feel good. But ultimately, once they're out, like, all of that affects you know, that, that inner dialogue. So now we're adults and we don't remember what happened to us zero to seven. That's the unfair part. We don't know the trauma or all these core, core wounds that happened to us in that very fragile time. Mm. And yet it affects everything, all of our relationships, how we present ourselves to the world. Now, once you know all this information, you can rewire, you can change things, but it is going to take work. I'm yeah. not going to sugarcoat it and say it's going to be easy, but things like practicing daily gratitude or, for example, in the five-minute journal, we have this other, in the evening section, we have this exercise called like the three good things. Mm. And that, again, there's lots of science to back this up, lots of studies that Every day, if at the end of the day, you sit down and you focus on all three good things that happen in your day, again, you're working with that rest filter system in your brain that then starts focusing on all the good things that happen and it remembers it. And then it focuses on that. So it affects your overall well-being. And in terms of the, the, the having like a more positive self-talk, I think... That has to be a conscious choice. I did have many negative thoughts before that I no longer have. And 
I think number one is the awareness. Like the moment mm. you're aware, like we talked about it a lot during this podcast, like how you are the narrative. I think most Correct. people are not aware. When my friend is, my friends talk to me, I often stop them mid-sentence. I'm like, how can you rephrase that? They'll be like, why does this always happen to me? I never meet great guys. And I'm like, pause. How can you? Okay, well, how can I rephrase that? In the past, I have attracted really unkind men, but I do believe there's one out there for me. Actually, there's more than one. There's a world of 8 billion people. There's Literally. lots of great men out there. And I know the right one is just right around the corner and I'm going to meet him. Right? So it's all about catching yourself as you do it inside of your head or, you know, verbally as you speak to other people and then rephrasing that and rephrasing that. And it's going to take time, but mm. I can assure you because I've had that negative self-talk, that was very limiting and scarcity-based that you can create an abundance self-talk that doesn't berate you. Like, for example, yesterday I, I broke a, a little... Um, bronzer that yeah. was in this oh my god me too I broke a blusher <laughs> really? today oh so and it sad. like went all over the carpet and I was like oh okay and I, I realized in that moment how beautiful that was because I know a lot of time will be like oh gosh I'm so stupid like, <laughs> right like I'm not gonna do that that was an accident yeah. accidents happen it's like the inner we're, we consist of the inner adult and the inner child and the inner adult is taking care of the inner child. And how is it going to treat the inner child, right? It's that critic inside of us. It doesn't have to be a critic, but it's that person and power still because the, the inner adult is still in charge to make decisions. It's in charge of that inner dialogue. The inner child is more like the creative side of us that is there to play, create. So becoming aware is a huge part. And the more aware you are, the more aware you are. So I love that. Yeah. So funny, this morning I was like, Charlotte Tilbury are so stupid, they've done it every time. I blame them, not me. <laughs> I was like, why does this keep happening? And I was like, I'm going to write to them and tell them. And then I actually just forgot about it because I was like, what can I do now? But I think you're right. We can allow small moments in our day mm. to honestly ruin hours. Mm. And sometimes those hours will turn into days. Yeah. And those days will turn into weeks. But people And are that will turn into life. A miserable one. <laughs> but people are struggling with their mental health. Mm. And More than ever. They'll look at me and you and they'll say you both are delusional. Mm -hmm. You both are not acknowledging that some people really suffer and you're minimizing the efforts it takes to get out of something. You're making it sound easy. Listen, I've been depressed. I've been in a place where like I went to my doctor and like they prescribed antidepressants. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking medication if you're really in a dark yes. place and you need that. But for example, for me, I was like, no, I need to get to the core. I want to know, understand why this is happening in the first place. Because I feel like oftentimes when we have physical illness or mental illness, it's almost like our body's response to show us that something needs to change. Yes. And I don't want to numb it. Okay, you can numb it for a period of time because it's just too unbearable, but also recognize the signs and do something about it. So for example, you can get depressed if you stay in a relationship that is no longer serving you because you believe in self-sacrifice, right? Because I consider doing that, right? Because I'm a mom and I was like, oh, what if I separate? What if it's going to affect Alexa? Like, what? Like, oh, like it's the, my worst nightmares like was to be a single mom, for example, right? And here I am like making that decision in a way. But then I was like, okay, let me play that out in my head. I'm going to stay in this relationship because of her. 
but I'm going to resent her because I know I'm staying in this relationship because of her. And then over time, I'm most likely going to get depressed and start taking medication. You know, like this is... This is it. And then how is that going to play out in my relation with her? How is it actually going to affect her? And most importantly, what am I modeling to her? Right? Because we don't model things by telling our children what to do. It's the example was said in our action. You can say whatever you want. Eat healthy. Don't eat junk food. And then here you are stuffing yourself with these like biscuits and junk, like fast food. Like this is what your child will do. This is what they're going to learn. I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but no, I think sense. it's all interconnected, right? So, yeah, like realize that ultimately, like you're in charge. When you think you're sacrificing some for someone else, all you're doing is pushing that burden and resentment on them. If you and Absolutely. Alex stays together and you did it for Alexa mm. and she was unhappy, mm. you would say, I stayed in it for you. Mm-hmm. And then she'll be like, I didn't. What are you ask talking you about, stay? mom? Like, yeah. I didn't even. I was so young, right? And so many parents do that. Like, my parents said that to me. Yeah. Really? Many parents say that. I mean, they're still together. It's not a relationship I would be in. Like, yes. I love my parents. They're yes. wonderful people. But it's not a relationship I would ever be in. Yeah. Or want to yeah. be in. Yeah. Like, I would run, like, the next moment. Yeah, right? me too. <laughs> so I think when we do, when we self sacrifice, we self abandon. And that's a very important term of where you continuously abandon your needs, your desires, and why are you even here on the planet Earth? You're like completely disconnected from your intuition and your inner wisdom. And it's ultimately then like building that relationship and reconnecting with that. And I think the true magic happens when you do that. Like when you're comfortable, you are not growing. The magic happens outside of your comfort zone, right? And again, it's a very tough realization to have that I am comfortable I am not growing right now in this relationship Mm. what are you going to do about that and you always have the choice always it's lovely to say that I don't have the choice if I could if I if I had the opportunity they're all if 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 Mm. if. but actually it's only you stopping you from Mm -hmm. making that if and I remember once Stephen Bartlett said you've got to take personal responsibility Mm. And I said, you know, I'm staying in this job because I know my parents will be unhappy. And he said, you're blaming them. Mm-hmm. You're choosing yeah. to tell me yeah. that you're staying in something for someone else. But he mm-hmm. said, you're not doing that for them. It's your own fear that you're projecting onto them. Absolutely. And in that moment, I thought, oh, my God, thanks for calling me out. You know, it's very easy, though, to say someone else is going to mm-hmm. be unhappy with me. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to do something. Mm-hmm. So you push the responsibility onto of them. Of course. Yeah. I don't have to own it myself. And I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm. And that's when I started doing that exercise. Mm. And I thought I was being honest. But do I care if they're really unhappy Mm. about every other decision I make in my life? Mm -hmm. No. The root cause is that I was unhappy about that decision. And I wasn't ready. And I didn't believe in myself. Because, you know, they still weren't really happy when I made it. But I was happy. And that's why I get to do this every day and have these amazing conversations with people like you. So thank you so much. I'm grateful you followed your heart. <laughs> and I'm grateful for you coming here. Oh, thank and, you, you so know, much. I think I just want to also say before we close is it's not easy to do what you've done and to also come on here and talk about it. Mm. Because everyone, you know, loves to have an opinion on everything. Mm-hmm. But I think you can only do that when you're secure and sure in yourself. Because mm-hmm. then the outside noise wouldn't change the narrative you tell yourself. I love that. I always say what other people think of me has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with them. Yes. Because everybody is seeing reality through their own lens. 
of their own life experience. So I don't get triggered anymore because I'm like, well, that's their life experience. Like, this is the type of person they are, so that's how they see it. But it has nothing to actually do with me and my reality. Yeah. So love, peace, and joy to everyone. Do you. You know, that's <laughs> it. We're here to do us. That's, yeah. There's nobody else. Everybody else is taken. Do you. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for having me.